I need to apologize to Kiaris Jackson and to his mom for doubting him. And so I gotta, I just gotta go with this. Welcome to My Gotta Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Wood. Today, John Powell and I reviewed Georgia's 44-21 victory over the Tennessee Volunteers. Remember, you can find us on social media at My Gotta Podcast, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. So I guess that game uh, ended up going kind of how we thought it would end, I guess, and a um, l- little shaky start. But before we totally get into it, um, just talk a little bit about our day. So I know I had mentioned I had a soccer game for my daughter. Uh, we went to that. She actually won right at the end. Um, it was kind of a high-stress game, though, so I think that kind of carried over into my mm. Georgia game viewing experience a bit. So I was Munsoning <laughs> hardcore, uh, especially in the first half. Um, it took me a little while to relax. Um, and, you know, thankfully that obviously happened eventually. Um, and then I know you said you guys were having a, a night out um, that could present some challenges for, for watching the game. Um, but I was really hoping you could uh, talk a bit about what you came home to. Yeah, yeah. What I came home to was I didn't actually come home. We actually ended up watching the game at the restaurant that we were at. Um but most importantly, congratulations to Lily. Glad she won. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so uh, we ended up watching the game. And unfortunately, we had real bad weather here in Atlanta in the Marietta area. So it was, there was a lot of interruptions. So you know, not only was I did I have the, the conversations going on at the restaurant that we were trying to participate in, my wife's birthday, um, our, friend's, our friend's birthday as well. Um, so the couple we were with. I was trying to be engaged, but also at the same time, like had one eye on the TV that was to my right and one eye on the conversation kind of thing. And then every so often (laughs) we would be talking and I would hop up and just be like, yeah, (laughs) I've never done anything like that ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the, so between the, the weather breaks and, you know, the signal getting cut out at times. And then at the beginning of the game, we were, I was trying to support my wife's birthday wishes since our plans completely got torpedoed this this uh, Sunday this this weekend. So with the rain, I was trying to make sure that she got some some birthday wish. Shout out, Lindsay. Um, but <laughs> happy uh, birthday! Happy birthday! Yes. Well, soon. Uh, the, the, Almost the thirteenth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was it was a good experience for me though. I, I really enjoyed where I watched it at. So I may end up. I may try to go back there actually. We went to nice. Max Chop House in Marietta. Not a sponsor yet. <laughs> but then, when you when you got home, when you got home, what happened? Well, got when, again at night. When we got home, oh yeah, when we got home, that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, so we went up went up and uh, tried to tuck my son in. You know, try to give the kids kisses after they, you know, they're, they're obviously asleep, but you try to tuck them in or whatever. Um, and I went into my son's room and he was actually listening to our podcast, which was pretty freaking phenomenal. And I knew that he was listening to it like here and there. He'd make comments to me about about things. He really likes podcasts in general and likes to go to sleep to him. So the fact that our podcast has bumped out science versus business war, sports wars, like his the podcast that he really enjoys and 
so now our our podcast is is um this is number one right now it seems like so i was pretty jacked about that he happened to be listening to the interview with george foster that, that this evening so um i'm pretty excited about it and it gives me um hope that you know i'm doing this for you know for fun obviously with you jim and um anybody else that wants to listen but my son was my son enjoying it is pretty awesome for me absolutely uh my kids enjoy listening to us at half speed so that it sounds like we've had way too many drinks they find it to be hilarious so maybe if we talk really slow, <laughs> yeah. it'll uh, make you sound like it'll make you ha- sound like you have liquid that makes you feel different. Right. It's if you drink it. Nice. Uh, awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's run through our predictions that we made in our preview show and see how we did. So first up, we had over under three and a half tight end catches. You took the over, which was correct. I went Boom. the under just I went the under just to be different. Uh, I did say that I thought it would be the same, but I, that doesn't matter. I went under. You were right. I was wrong, uh, and that was awesome. And we even had a tight end. Actually, no way. It was fullback, right? Carter was fullback. So never. It was a fullback. So we'll get to that. Um, we had a, a li- one of the listener questions. I, I threw that into our picks because we didn't make as many this week. Um, was around. Would someone else emerge as a, as a receiver beyond uh, Pickens and Jackson? And we both kind of took roundabout ways. I actually said, look for a, bi- a big breakout game for Pickens this game. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, but you, I, so I'm going to give this one to you because you said, let's look for a tight end to emerge. Um, I would say that was definitely closer. Um, and I, I like what uh, McKitty did, actually. This was our our first chance to see McKitty in action. Um, and I thought he looked really good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, I think the tight end is, is, is actually going to be a, a foreshadowing for the Auburn pre, or the Alabama preview. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, the tight end coming on board was, was key for us. And I think that as dog fans, we've, we've been missing the, the tight end. So seeing Munkin working in these talented players that we have, is really encouraging. And like I said, especially as we continue to roll forward, we're probably going to need those big athletic tight ends. Absolutely. Yeah, and just looking at it, I mean, McKinney was the second leading receiver at two catches for 47 yards, so he was right there at number two. Yeah. So only other uh, prediction, obviously, was the score. I went 33-18. to 18. You went 38-16. to 16. We were both pretty close. We both felt like, uh, although I got all worried and saying that I wasn't sure if we would cover or not, we certainly covered. Um, and I don't know if you saw Stetson Bennett even said in the post game press conference, well, we covered, so that's good. <laughs> so he the was, mailman he was follows worried the line. about it. <laughs> the mailman follows the line. So that's good to know. Exactly. Um, but to me, like it, it really, I think panned out basically like we talked about, right? There was no, right. um, objective reason to think that it should be a game. We felt like Georgia was the superior team and should win, but I made the eight, Eight, you know, any given Saturday, 18 to 22-year-olds, and I'll now add, snap the ball over the quarterback's head on the second play of the game, right? I mean, that's the, what was keeping them in the game, right? So all the, the miscues, uh, turned it over on downs twice, um, uh, all the, the silly things, that's, I mean, that's essentially why they were in the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. without that stuff, like, like you said, um, we win, we, I, well, we won it running away anyways, Imagine mm-hmm. if we didn't do that stuff. 
Yeah. It could have been really ugly. Yep. If you, you know, we, we gave him seven points, left seven points on the board on the goal line. I guess, yeah, it's it's all over yeah. the place. Like I said, it could easily be a, sh- a shutout. Yep. Um, a couple of things on the environment, I would say. So one, I I think that the uh, the the crowd definitely did bring it. I actually heard on Bulldog Brunch today, Jeff Dansler mentioned that Tennessee was complaining that there's no way the fans were being as loud as it was in the stadium. And really? They were accusing, yeah, they apparently were accusing like our operations of pumping in more crowd noise than you're allowed to. And they actually sent a technician up into our booth to watch our team, uh, I guess our, our, our game day management team, uh, like do their job because they, they didn't believe that we weren't. So, but, but it turned out the fans were just that loud. So that's pretty awesome. Wow. Um, where, where was that the, at? I, I, I didn't I don't see, know. I, I didn't, I I didn't heard, see that. Yeah. I heard it on, uh, uh, so shout out to friend of the show, Jeff Dantzler. Uh, who was on our My Got a Podcast Stories episode last week? Uh, he mentioned that today on the Bulldog Brunch. So, okay. Um, that's wow. where I heard that. Um, and the other thing, uh, shout out to the UGA paint line. They painted my name on their chest. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't see that, no. <laughs> I got so many text messages from people saying, hey, why are their kids painted up and it's spelled out wood? <laughs> and so finally figured it out. It was either, they, I think they, they had uh, painted out like chop wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did but, see the chop. And, I didn't but, see the wood. Yeah, so that was the thing. Is like They kept showing, like, when they would make it on TV, you would see one or the other. So I had a bunch of friends texting me, like, hey, the paint line is painted wood. What, why, why is your name on TV? So, anyways, Big fans. Just, big fans yeah, of the see, podcast. The Spike Squad. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. So, uh, I don't know. Those are kind of my general observations. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything general before we hop in to kind of uh, review the offense? Um, no, not, nothing necessarily, but, um, I did think that, uh, the fans being a factor was, was, was pretty cool. And, you know, having these home game advantages, you know, at least Pruitt didn't come out and complain about the crowd noise, like, uh, some other reptilian geared <laughs> people have been yes, the clown yes. Dan Mullen. But yeah, no, I, I thought the I thought the game was really cool. Like I said, I was kind of tacitly kind of following along. I had some you know some friends texting me, um, and you know even even in the little bit that I was able to pick up, you know, with with a spotty cell phone service on Barrett Parkway, um, and the you know like I said the in and out at the at the restaurant it still felt like that we had the game in control. I was kind of munsoning pretty hardcore when we snapped the ball over, over his head, over the mailman's head. And all of a sudden, Oh crap, here we go. But it, it, it was the training of the Richt era. I think in me that was doing that dread because I do feel like the difference between Kirby smart and why you make a hire like Kirby smart over Mark Richt is because the the level of details has been more advanced and frankly like if you were in that age group that grew up in that era like it just felt like something that i had experienced in the past like you and i had talked about i think we mentioned it on the podcast 2004 you know we we came in riding high and then all of a sudden all of a sudden we got our butts beat um in neyland and well that was at home oh Oh, sorry sorry that happened at home yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, for, similar, I forgot about that one. 
Yeah, yeah, seven. Se- uh, I think it was seven when they waxed us there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, but yeah, that's totally what I was worried about, and that's how I was feeling early on. Exactly. But, you know, with Kirby Smart, it seems like that this team is able to overcome adversity. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, let's let's talk some of the Georgia offense. And there's something that I just have to say because I keep we keep tiptoeing around this and we keep waiting for things to happen. But I need to apologize to Kiaris Jackson and Mm. to his mom for doubting him. And so I got to I just got to go with this. That's awesome, dude. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And I, too, am sorry because I did not see Mr. Jackson coming through um, the way that he has. I knew we, we all, I think we all knew that he had the ability to, much like, you know, frankly, Pickens, Landers. We got a lot of talent in that wide receiving core. And, hmm, curious. He absolutely amazing. So, uh, in this game, four catches, 91 yards. In a touchdown, I I mentioned before, like uh, in a previous podcast, uh, that it was starting to look like Kyrus Jackson was the guy. I it's pretty safe to say right now he is as far as receiver goes. So mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Uh, Nineteen catches, three hundred yards, and a touchdown on the season. Uh, he's by far a leading receiver, and and he I mean he is just playing like it. He's getting open. He's catching the ball. He clearly has a connection with Bennett, uh, but yeah. I think it goes beyond just that. I mean, he is just balling out. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Jackson is, is, is definitely earning himself some NFL attention um, when, when the chips fall and everybody looks in, in retrospect in the season. You know, fingers crossed yep. everything continues the way that he's, that he's going, and holy cow, dude. And, uh, you know, speaking of the passing game just in general, I mean, the biggest thing that to me, in my opinion, of, of how odd it is, is that a player like that that's dominated, well, he's, only got a, he's only got a touchdown. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, right? Before this game, like Jackson was racking up all the yards, but the touchdowns were going to Pickens, right? right. And then Pickens kind of disappeared in this game. Although, I mean, he did get interfered with. Um, there was one time where he got open pretty deep, but Stetson underthrew him which is kind of one of my general concerns about the mailman. So I guess we can talk about the mailman a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, another good game. I mean, you know, um, you can't fault him for the ball being snapped over his head. I would say he should have just fallen on the ball. That's my Mm -hmm. criticism there. There there definitely Um, could have been some more going on there for sure from a number of folks. (laughs) Right, right. So that, not so good. But otherwise, um, you know, another good game. From the mailman. Uh, so let's see, 16 to 27, 238 yards, uh, two touchdowns, plus a rushing touchdown. Um, so obviously good. And again, we continue to see his wheels, right? I mean, the guy can run. Um, straight up quarterback draw for the rushing touchdown 
Um, I like that. Um, I don't know. Mailman delivered again. Yeah, Mailman delivered the first L of the season for Tennessee and broke the 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 streak that they had going on there. So broke the uh, broke the winning streak and extended the losing streak to top ten teams to, as you said, the magical number thirty four. Thirty four. So, that's right. We talked about that. So uh, okay, so a little bit a little bit of tailback stuff. So Zamir White looked a little off to me, and I'm wondering, and I haven't seen anyone say this, although it was mentioned on the broadcast, like he got up a little awkward on that second play of the game when the ball was snapped over and there was the pileup for the ball. He got up a little awkward. So I'm not sure if he was injured or something, but he definitely looked off. Yes, 100%. That was actually something that, uh, you know, I was watching it kind of uh, without some sound at, at points. And at that point, I wasn't really paying attention, but I did notice that he immediately grabbed one of his legs. And I don't recall exactly which one. I'm trying to remember the the the, the highlight, but um, it looked like he grabbed his right right knee, I think. But it, it definitely was, was something that I was worried about, and he just did not seem like he was hitting on all cylinders. There was definitely something missing, uh, I, I believe, and I believe that um, if you follow Brooks Austin on, on Twitter with the film breakdowns that he does, uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what he has to say about some of this because I personally was noticing on some of those Zamir White runs that he was not hitting the hole as as good as the other receivers and also as good as I think that he could probably do. Um, he was making some poor decisions, in my opinion, and left a lot of yards on on the field just as a result of either being impatient or not waiting long enough or taking the wrong read. Um but yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something. There's something definitely off with Zamir, and it, it is kind of concerning, particularly with who we have, who we're going on the road to, coming up here, um, yep. which is the, no pun intended, but the big elephant in the room. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I just gotta, I just gotta worry about our depth there. However, then you see Kenny Milton, Kenny McIntosh. Um, uh, coming on and uh, Kendall Milton, sorry, I said Kenny. Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh um, coming on, and they both look like they are going to be a problem for the SEC for four years. They do, man. Kendall Milton, uh, I think I just tweeted out during the game just that he he's special. Um, and I also said, I, I sent out from our podcast account that I was having to hold my tongue and not say what I wanted to say when he had that huge run, um, just knowing what our podcast is named and knowing Kendall Milton's class, I almost said something and I, I, I held it in and didn't say it. But it was on that run where he should have been stopped behind the line, right? He, I think it was like a toss sweep to the left. Could have been stopped for no gain and just ran through, broke probably five tackles. Um, and to do that as a freshman, quite impressive. Um, I know he had the fumble late, um, so got a hold on to the ball. You know, he can work on that in practice. Um, but, but man, he looks good. So, and looking at that, right. So he averaged seven yards a carry. He had eight carries for 56 yards, whereas Zamir had 22 carries for 55 yards. So that's, you know, well below what we're used to seeing out of him. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to see more Kendall Milton, love to see more Kenny McIntosh. Um, I think really the mainly only other thing I had on the offense was, you know, we saw a lot of that jumbo package again, we saw it, uh, good and then bad and then good again. 
Um, so the first time worked just like the other times we had seen it with a pretty big hole for Zamir to run through. And then it failed two times in a row, right, on the goal line stand at the end of the first half. So I hated to see that. But I've seen a lot of people uh, kind of point out, like, it was wide open to the right. If Zamir had bounced that out to the outside, he scores, he walks in, uh, which is probably what kind of what you were alluding to a minute ago, right? That's exactly what I was alluding to. And that, that play was one of them. And then there, there were several other plays where he did bounce outside and should have stayed inside um, to get positive yards as opposed to negative or nothing. Um, yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing between the, the running backs that I've seen is that they they're able to fight for more yardage. I mean that like you said that that uh, Kendall Milton run was. I mean you mentioned you mentioned the namesake of the podcast, which I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but um, no no no. I well, definitely it was the line. It was the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. My God, yeah. a freshman. I, got I just you. had to. I got you. I, I, you know, <laughs> that's what I thought in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I, not to that level, but you know, I thought to see I a freshman thought, do that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, I thought that it was very. I thought it was very girly esque. Um, you know, we we all we've ha- we've been lucky to have an embarrassment of riches at the running back position for them to yep. be able to step in and be like, oh, James Cook is hurt. Well, here's another five star running back. Oh, right. Well, we can also give some more playing time to our other five star freshman <laughs> running back. You know. Yes. Um. So, in my opinion, the just the running back game has I'm really looking forward to seeing and I believe that he should and there was a lot of there were some other folks that agreed with me on Twitter that I believe that that Kendall and Kenny McIntosh um, I believe that they've played themselves into a position where their production warrants them getting more snaps as things move forward and I just and I kind of agree with it yeah it's hard to I mean that's I'm of the same thought process and I still think like the Zamir White we saw in this game did not look like what we saw against Auburn, did not look like what we saw in the second half of Arkansas. I still think maybe he was dinged up, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he can bounce back. Um, I guess uh, – oh, let's see. That's uh, okay. So I had a couple things on, like, decision-making. And so – or on, like, going forward on fourth down, right, the couple of times that we did that. So mm-hmm. I, it's not so much that I have an issue with it. Obviously, like certainly at the goal line, we went for it. Like, yeah, I mean, it's right there at the end of the half. You can't get a yard. You don't deserve to score. And I guess we didn't, but whatever. I don't have a problem with that decision. The one in our own territory, I questioned doing that, especially as it turned out they scored in the next play. Uh, we'll get to that mm-hmm. when we talk about the defense. But to me, it was more like the, the play call. Like it wasn't so much going for it. It was like, and I'll just say it this way, like, Quarterback sneak with the mailman is not the same thing as a quarterback sneak with Dewan Mathis. You know, like I I agree. I think I so, think that if I think that if Munkin and Kirby when they look at that play in the film room, you know they're gonna look at that and be like, yeah, yeah, we, we probably were a little optimistic. I mean, yeah, there could be some element of surprise. Like, do you really? I, I cannot believe that they're gonna run a five foot ten, you know, two hundred pound. Uh, a five foot ten, two hundred pound, you know, little guy out there. I mean, you see him running around. He's, he's scampering for yards, and he's a he's there's a, he's there's other guys are towering over him. It's some yeah. Place. Like look at it. Look yeah. at our midget. Look at our midget quarterback run around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah. 
I guess the only other thing I had on the offense, um, and I'll read it to you the way I have it jotted down in my notes. Pickens, SMH. Mm. Man, that water ball squirting. So I didn't. So like I said, I was kind of in and out. There are a couple of key plays in the situation and the situations that um, that I saw that I did not get to see until I saw the replay this morning because um, I wanted to watch it full without any interruption, which there uh, unfortunately was still interruption. Thanks a lot, weather girl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the. The Pickens waterball square, I didn't see any of that. When I saw the Twitter reaction, and I didn't think to go and like see any highlights, but man, alive, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, saw the video. Yeah. I, who does that? Like there's just some there's something there's something un, not wired right. And Kirby Smart said as much in the postgame conference, saying, What are we like seven or eight years old? Like, oof, you hate, you would hate to be him. On the first day of practice, um, yeah. I imagine that uh, Mr. Pickens is getting a very familiar, uh, very familiar with the steps at Sanford Stadium. I would assume so. I, it's just I don't know. I just hate it because uh, there was obviously a lot went on last year. Uh, there was a lot of talk about um, his growth and growing up, and we really hadn't seen anything like this um, this year. I, I can't remember any like outbursts or anything. Like he, you know, he celebrated good things, but with his teammates and you know, I haven't seen anything weird. That was weird. I mean, Someone, like, I don't even know who thinks to do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> come into his mind. I don't uh, know, man. man, but there, there were a couple of other situations that, um, that I saw in the game that maybe not everybody noticed or saw, but someone mentioned it. And I did look at the replay. Um, I saw someone mention that, that, uh, that they were really kind of frustrated with him because at several points, you know, he would be more concerned about talking to the other team as opposed to celebrating with his teammates or, you know, whatever. Um, so there's a couple of points where, like, he had to run across the field, and instead of running to uh, to the players to celebrate a touchdown, he was in the face of, a, of one of the opposing volunteers. And so, like, I don't know, just little things like that. Like, yeah, am I nitpicking? Yeah. Probably. But yeah. at the same time, like, come on, dude, like act like you've been there. Um, you, you, you know, better than that. And if you want to play at this level, especially with a perfectionist like Kirby smart um, or Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, like that kind of stuff is just like, no, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he needs to figure it out. Um, hopefully Kirby can get him straightened out because we do need someone to step up as the second leading receiver behind King Kiris Jackson. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, <laughs> even like the intangibles, like the uh, he had a he had a one one of the run one of the running plays that Stetson had around the end where he basically turned something and uh, nothing into something and and substantially more. Like Pickens was out on the edge, holding, and I don't know. He just he just had a couple of couple of big big mistakes and boneheaded decisions. So like you got to figure that Kirby's going to try to get that sorted out because we will need. And you know that teams are going to start keying on Kieras, especially on third down. Like, holy cow, he's been a king on third down. I think they mentioned that on the broadcast, too. Um, the guy yeah. is just a third down conversion uh, king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, that's what I had for the offense. Uh, anything else you wanted to call out? Um, I know you, you kind of alluded to it, but like the as far as the offense goes, I think one of the biggest things is, is we got to start – connecting on some of these deep throws 
Um, I think we mentioned it, uh, you and I, when we were texting, like, I almost feel like that it's, it's, it's tactical for Munkin, at least like, as far as like what he wants to do, like, Last year, we were really upset with James Coley because it seemed like Fromm was either told not to pull the ball and run it, and he was just handing it off. And uh, you saw DeAndre Swift uh, get really frustrated. I think it was during the Tennessee game, wasn't it? Last, like, when Fromm was here, like, they, uh, they got really frustrated with each other. And, well, like, why are you. He was later in the season, but. Why, yeah, why are I you running me in? Why are you running me into the teeth of this? Um, yeah. So, but in this case, Everybody kind of questions Stetson's been Stetson Bennett's ability under under center. You know, it he can't get it done. He's he's five foot ten. Like he's just not a prototypical quarterback. Um, but he is getting it done. He's making throws. He's making the right reads. He's making good decisions, etc. He hasn't. He's been uh, very stingy with the football and wanting to keep it. Um, as far as just not turning the ball over is what I mean. Um, yeah. And then you. You, you questioned his arm strength. That's what seems to come up a lot. And so, like, is he going to throw the deep ball? So I think that throwing the ball deep is at least, like, showing teams that you are not afraid with this quarterback to go deep. And I figure at some point, you know, it's it's going to pay off at some point. But it does give the defense something to think about when we're sending these guys to run what appears to be routes to get them out of coverage. Um, you know, they're at least – Thinking about it, and again, just going back to the the battle hymnal, Munkin puts the defenders into conflict. Like, what decisions yeah. am I going to make? Is this a run? Is this a pass? Well, they threw it sixty yards down the field the last last series. I better at least cover this guy, and then all of a sudden it's a run, and you know we're able to open up things with the running game. So I do think that there's a little bit of um, strategy going on there. Yeah, I, I have some thoughts on offense going forward, but let's save that for when we talk Bama preview. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that in the next Yeah, show. absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about that glorious, glorious defense. Oh, man. Uh, do, I need, do you have anyone present who can fan you? Because I know like when you, you need to be cooled down when you think need, about the Georgia defense. I need to, I need to be cooled down, yes. I've got, I got some, some cool water here. Let me spritz it on my face. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, dude, the defense, I, I mentioned this to you, like, I'm, I was trying to characterize it with some friends of ours, the, the f- folks that were with us aren't Georgia fans, and frankly, aren't really college football big. Um, I got to educate and hopefully won over a fan. Um, she she nice. did give us a go dogs during the during the broadcast on her on her birthday. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but they, yeah, they were saying like, how, how would you describe what's going on? Like, and I, and I would say, well, this is this is kind of how I would describe us is it feels like that we're kind of like a wounded lion of sorts like we're maybe we're cornered in or something like that they always say the old adage is is a lot the most dangerous lion is one that's wounded or cornered or something like that um but they can absolutely destroy you um at any given moment with this defense and so I do feel like that George is kind of like that wounded lion and like yeah we've got an offense and yeah we can um, you know, we, we do have a competent offense that clearly can score points. Um, I knew this going into the Tennessee game that we could do it. It's just a matter of executing it, um, it whether or not we can score that kind of, that kind of points. And we saw we, we left points on the board. So I, we could have gotten 50, 60 if we really wanted to. Um, yeah. And then um, the defense is what's going to kill you though. Um, so if you take one step towards us, um, 
we're going to strike and we are going to strike very, very ferociously and lethally um, at times. Yeah. And so that's, that, that to me is the characteristic of this team is that it is very much leading with defense. And as long as we are clicking on all cylinders with defense, it puts everyone into an opportunity where we can succeed and win games. Yep. Yep. I mean, we trailed by seven twice and the defense pulled us back in. Um, I mean, the thing that I have, have just said, that my statement at this point is just that this defense is special. I mean, it is, it's, it, it, I mean, I use the word unbelievable a lot, but <laughs> I mean, this defense is unbelievable. I mean, they're just incredible. Um, you know, how we've, we've looked at what they've been doing to these quarterbacks that haven't been throwing interceptions two weeks in a row now. Right. So we had, uh, Garantano came into this game, had not thrown a pick, had, had not thrown a pick. Um, he threw a pick in this game. We had multiple sack strip fumbles, right? Um, the pass rush was incredible, uh, creating havoc plays. Uh, and I got to give my dad credit because uh, my, my dad, uh, Rip Dog on Twitter, pointed out with Cade Mays playing tackle, could he be quick enough on the edge to stop the likes of Adam Anderson? The answer is no. He was not quick enough. I can't quite put my finger on it as to why that is, but that's what happened. Oh my gosh, Adam Anderson. Whew. I mean, that, that rush where he came off the edge and bliss. And I mean, and, and Mays, I mean, had no shot. Absolutely. I mean, he just blew by him, went straight around him, got, you know, got to Garantano, forced the fumble. Uh, Tennessee recovered that one, but I mean, he whew, ran. It's just beautiful. He ran by Cade Mays like he was someone trying to give him a glass of water in a marathon, dude, because he just blew yeah. right by that guy. Um, yeah, no, Adam, Adam Anderson is a problem for every single team, which is really good for us because that gives him opportunity to get, um, double covered. You know, he's getting double blocked. So he's getting more attention, both from whether it be a running back trying to pick him up or two offensive linemen that are trying to chip or, uh, pin him, um, in the, in the blocking scheme. So that opens up holes and gaps for the rest of the defense to get involved, which is why Monty Rice starts blowing through, which is why, you know, Channing Tindall starts to get it, get, get in late and start destroying things. Like you said at the end, I didn't notice that. that, (laughs) I didn't notice, I didn't notice Channing in the broadcast because it was in the fourth quarter. And like I said, that was when the weather updates were really, really heavy. But um, when I got back and watched the replay, like, holy cow, dude, Channing Tindall was playing like he wants to be a starter. Absolutely. And he would be on, I mean, almost any other SEC team, I would say. Probably uh, on Ole Miss, <laughs> at yeah, least. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was in there just wreaking havoc. Uh, the way he ended the game, he came in there kind of like as a closer right there and just ended it and shut mm. him out. It was amazing. Um, I guess the uh, – well, actually, if, so there kind of two things. One – the rush defense, obviously, ridiculous, held Tennessee to negative one rushing yards net for the game. I mean, if you were to <laughs> point, at, and I, I think I sent this to you, but like those, the total yards, what was the total yards that Tennessee had? It was like 200-something total yards, I think it was, in, in this particular game. But um, the rushing yards, when you're looking at it, wait, they had 200, what, how, how? And then you look down at the rushing yards, and it's minus yeah. one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, Please tell yeah, me had any game. 215 passing, uh, but total yards 214. 
214, yeah. So you, you point to me at any game that two top 10 or top five teams, of course, we, I think uh, Tennessee was a top 10, Alabama was going to be a top five, but whatever. Um, you know, any game when an SEC matchup like this at 330 resulted in negative one rushing yards. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I don't know that that's ever happened. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, but then, so the, you know, past defense struggled, you know, a bit. Um, although I'll say, here's what I'll say about that. Um, well, let's see. I mean, so for the points that we gave up, right? So the offense gave up seven points. So then the defense gave up 14, I would say, right? So the, uh, the first touchdown there, though, I think I'm, if I'm getting my order right, um, was after the turnover on downs, right? So that's, you know, offense put the defense in a bad place by not getting the, get, getting the first down on fourth down, first play right off the bat, the deep ball, uh, beat DJ Daniel. Um, friend of the mm-hmm. show, George Foster, uh, was not shy in uh, his words on Daniel and his ball skills when the ball's in the air. I, I, you know, I'm too small and slow to make a comment on something like that. The only thing I'll <laughs> say is I, I, I do feel like uh, the receiver pushed off in like oh, the broadcast talked about it a little did. bit, you know. So like I don't know, like I, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that one because um, he definitely was in position, but it looked like he kind of stumbled when the guy shoved him in his back. Um, mm. And then the other one, you know, that drive, there was a 15-yard penalty on George Pickens on the sideline, right? And that put the defense in a bad spot. So, um, again, I'll give him a pass, uh, but still going to have to short up. We'll talk about for for next game. <laughs> uh, the the next opponent certainly has a potent passing attack, so we'll need to uh, we'll need to prepare for that. But I don't know. Those are kind of my overall defensive thoughts. I mean, again, overall. I mean, again, I'll just use that word special. I mean, so, we are watching a special Georgia defense right now. Uh, uh, yeah, unlike – I mean, I would say that this defense is even better than the 2005 defense, um, which was really good. To, like, it just we – t- we took over games with the defense, so that's really – these guys feel like that they are much more potent um, at creating a lot of havoc and turnovers and sacks and things like that. Um, but you, you look at, you look at the, the knock on us is, is the passing defense. And I have, I have a feeling that we're going to continue to see that because the only way that you're getting yards with this defense is over the top and over the top on either a busted coverage, or it's over the top on picking on Daniels, which if I am a, a, a head coach in the sec and I'm playing Georgia, I'm probably picking on him all day long trying to find yeah. ways to get a mismatch. So the only way that the, anybody's going to score any points and get any yards of any substantial significance that's going to impact your ball game is going to be on these big bombs. Because yeah. if we catch it in front of us, number one, we're probably going to have multiple people attack you violently. And we're if, if you get it in front of us, we're basically going to meet you right where you catch the ball and we're immediately going to tackle you this team is very sound at tackling and as you go forward that's going to be super important and crucial against Alabama because they didn't look very good tackling and they got a lot of points scored on them yeah yeah true um I guess the only thing the other thing I I did forget to mention the the last touchdown pass that Garantano threw I mean that was a I got to give him credit like that ball was great throw thrown yeah. Um, the coverage was, I would say the coverage was good. Uh, and that one was on Campbell. 
mean, Campbell had good coverage, just incredible throw and a great catch. Uh, great catch and to get the feet in bounds. And, you know, the ref thought he was out, but he was in. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the replay got it right there. I thought he was in real, real-time speed, but, of course, I'm on a television. Um, <laughs> not trying to hate on the ref there. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, I think that was the right call. So, yeah, that was a beautiful throw. So, you know, I don't know. Tip, tip of the hat to that one. Yeah, and so I think that, you know, like I said, the biggest way that you're going to move and get points on this Georgia defense is you're going to have to go over the top. And when you do that, you put yourself into a scenarios where you do get run down by an Adam Anderson and make bad decisions and throw it to one of our defensive backs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, again, just across the board, I mean, we saw, um, I mean, scene that hit that scene had, I, I again, um, Kudos to the receiver for Tennessee for hanging on to that ball. I think it was a tailback. I can't remember. Um, there was that pass over the middle, and scene actually just absolutely leveled him. Um, I don't know. Everyone's laying the wood. It's just, it's just great to see. It's they're fun to they're fun to watch. Um, and in a year where I wasn't sure that I was going to get to watch football, I'm going to enjoy every minute I get to watch of this Georgia defense. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anything, any more, any other uh, defensive gushing you want to do? Because uh, I had a couple of things I wanted to say about special teams. Uh, one thing that did come out uh, up to me on, on defense, aside from the ones that we already talked about, was um, Stokes. Stokes got involved. True. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had the pick, right? Yep. And while he had the pick, he had several key tackles. Like, I mean, he was, he had a really good game from a, from a secondary standpoint. But yeah. he was one of the he was one of the players to watch, and he, we haven't really heard his name called all that much. And so it was really good to see Stokes get involved in the action on defense um, in a big, big, like game changing type way. Yeah, and I always love to see the when the pick is a direct result of pressure. I think it was Stevenson that come on a blitz on that play. It was mm-hmm. right, you know, was hitting Garen. Well, although I don't know if you saw, many people were referring to them as Garen turnovers. By the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. So saw that on Twitter. I like that. So, yeah. So, Stevenson uh, forcing the Garen turnover, fourth row, uh, to get the pick there. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess my few notes on special teams. So, one thing, with the field goals that Podlesny hit, I, I, I even made the statement leading up that, you know, maybe may not, may not be as consistent, or I didn't have as much confidence. I think I said consistency from distance, right, as compared to Rodrigo. Uh, mm-hmm. But he sure, I guess I still don't know about consistency, but he's got the accuracy. I mean, that 51-yarder was amazing. Uh, it would have been good from further out. Uh, the kid's got a leg. And I know you don't like it, but I, I might have to call him Hot Pot. I don't know. you got to come up with something that, that's going to be better because I actually yelled Hot Pot when he made that one. So if you can come up with something better, I'll switch. But for now, I'm calling him Hot Pot. Okay. So that's the, <laughs> that's the challenge. That's the challenge we have. Yes. At our yes. disposal, you dear listeners, help me come yes. up with a better <laughs> help me come up with a better name for our beloved bomb kicker. Um, and then Kamarda just continues to impress. Um, uh, I don't know this, his punts. There, he has gotten so much. The improvement for him uh, is night and day from last year to this year. He's just been so consistent uh, with a big leg and pinning him in. It's been. Uh, and, and he didn't punt as many times. You know, we didn't have to punt a whole lot as much. To oh man, I, it, I I think that he is not. You know, the the, the punting, uh, the the Ray guy watch list is not exactly high on most fans' mm. lists of things to look. But um, 
I believe that if he is not on the watch list, he should be, um, because yeah. he, I, I, the guy, the guy is basically. I don't think he's kicked it poorly at all in any game. Like he's averaging no, he like has punts, been. kicking punts inside the ten yard line. Like so, he averaged a- fifty six and a half yards per punt this game. So he had two punts, uh, a long of sixty four. Average of fifty six and a half. Uh, it's, he, he's he is killing it. I definitely agree on that Ray guy. Watch list. He should be there. Um, and then the last thing I had was oh, actually one other thing. Obviously, again, Kenny Milton returning the ball. Good again. Love that kid. Um, Kenny McIntosh. I'm, I'm mixing our running. You're you mixing. Did that earlier. We were, I was I mean, doing it. Yeah. Kenny McIntosh. <laughs> McIntosh in the return game still good. Um, and then in the punt return game, so Kiaris Jackson uh, had you know kept us from. It was a lot of those like hidden yardage plays, right? Where yes. he's coming up and catching the punt and not letting it roll. Now, it nearly gives me a heart attack. It's stressful oh. to watch like every time it happens because I'm like, the ones that he did were kind of like, ah, I'm not sure you should touch that ball. <laughs> uh, but like, generally, it ended up being a really good play. Like it could have rolled, who knows, right? 5, 10, 15 more yards if he didn't do it. Um, and he never fumbled it, right? So, I mean, uh, oh, you knock were, on they wood. Were, they were good Knock plays. on wood right now, Jim. Right. I just knocked on my head. My last name is Wood. I did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, Kyrus Jackson making plays, uh, not only on offense, but special teams as well. So that, that was really cool. Yeah, no special teams is special, uh, recurring theme, cosine defense, special teams. That's going to make us very dangerous. Nice. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention to call out, shout out Trey Hill for the magical fumble recovery that he had. In the oh game. my goodness! Uh, hey, there's a ball in your bread basket. Uh, do you want to grab that thing? <laughs> it's pretty heads up play. Heads up play. I love that. Nice fumble recovery for the big fella. Uh, had some trouble snapping early, but you know, it stayed in the game. They didn't take him out. Didn't switch centers, uh, no. and had a nice fumble recovery later. So that was nice. And that's something. That is something that this team is coaching staff, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. You know they're they're giving kids opportunities, and they're going to continue to give the kids opportunities, even if they make mistakes. So that's where you like to see guys like Burton progress. You want to see Pickens making better decisions and just getting the entire offense um, up to the talent level and get that talent disparity on a play by play basis. Um, I yeah. feel like we we win most matchups in that regard. All right, I don't know. I think. Um... I don't know. Time to close the close the book on that one. Like I said, it kind of went. Um, I don't know. Went kind of how we thought it would, right? Didn't yeah. think there was a reason for it to be close, yeah. unless we messed some stuff up. And we did mess some stuff up, but by the end, it wasn't close because we cleaned it all up. No, it wasn't. You know, found myself in the third quarter, really kind of looking ahead to Alabama. Really, you know, like, hey, what's going yeah. on with that Alabama game? Are they going to be undefeated? Is game day going to be there? Which you know, as of recording, you know, we we know. So uh, it, yep. game day will be there. So I, and yep. even in this podcast, I'm sitting here recapping some of my thoughts and things that I've said. I feel like I myself am looking ahead to Alabama, even as we talk hey. about the Tennessee review. So here's the thing. At this point, you're not looking ahead. I felt like we did a good job of not mentioning Alabama when we did our Tennessee preview. And we didn't even mention them. And I had to edit it out or anything because I would have had we, but we didn't. Um, we didn't look ahead. Uh, clearly that. By the end of the game, it certainly looked like the team hadn't looked ahead. Um, so we've made it through the first three weeks of an SEC-only schedule, and both teams have to deliver the um, and this <laughs> number two versus number three matchup game day there. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, sir. All right. Well, before we close, I did uh, something I said I would do uh, was that if, if our listeners out there uh, leave us a review uh, on iTunes, I guess Apple Podcasts, um, we're going to start uh, reading those um, on the show. So I'm not going to run through all of them. We'll get to them. Uh, we will get to them eventually, but um, I was going to pick maybe a couple here. Family Theater says, uh, quality content and great storytelling. Feels like I'm listening to good friends and family on my back porch. So I tweeted that one out. I think I feel like that's it. kind of what we're going for. <laughs> that's what we've so, been going for, yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Got another one uh, from DS Bike Boy. True dog fans. These guys cover a lot of ground from the proper perspective, the dog perspective. If you are a UGA fan, it's a good listen. So thanks for that one. Uh, appreciate that as well. So those are a couple. Oh, actually, you know what? I got to get this one. The title of this review is So Good! Exclamation point. And then it says, love that John Powell. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Got to get, uh, I mean, come on. Like, we don't like both hosts. I mean, you know, I don't know. So that one's a little questionable, but it's still five stars. So I have, I a, I have a feeling appreciate that's that one as coming. Well. I have a feeling that that one's coming from the Powell household. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome all right well we'll we'll continue to do that so again uh it definitely helps us out uh for listeners if you like what you're hearing would love uh, for you to go leave us a review uh five stars obviously out there on apple podcasts and again as you've just heard if you leave a review as well leave a comment there uh we will read it on the show actually oh 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 how do we not mention this uh shout out to jeremy pruitt for his uh face covering that was quite interesting (laughs) Uh, we missed looking like, e- looking like ET out there. We forgot to mention that. Uh, that was <laughs> no, it was Cornholio. <laughs> oh yes, yes. He looked like yes. he looked like Cornholio out there. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I, I, there was a lot, uh, I, a lot going on 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 the internet and on Twitter about Kirby's. You know wh- who who wore it better with Kirby's face covering versus uh, Jeremy Pruitt's. So. I think both have some room for improvement, but uh, I think Kirby's was definitely better. What was he doing? <laughs> what was he even doing? Why? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it actually was somewhat similar to the Georgia fans that were wearing the cones, uh, which shout out Graham Coffey, uh, like got the scoop on those guys and interviewed them on uh, Dog Sports. Um, it was kind of similar to that that effect, just the kind of cone, dog head <laughs> cone thing, do, veterinarian dog cone. Uh, but exactly. I, I feel like that's kind of what uh, Pruitt ended up getting. So he looked okay, like, now he looked like what? he looked like he looked like his mom told him to make sure it didn't fall off, and he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna pull it over my head, and so it can't come yeah. off." <laughs> it, it made no sense. He, it was all it was high in the in the back, like on the back of his head, and then low in the front. Like I think it's supposed to be the opposite, Jeremy. You need to get I, I, up I over your either. nose, and it can stay low in the back of your head. I don't know. That was <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, well, let's close the book on Tennessee. Um, so thanks everyone for listening and, uh, we will be back later in the week to preview the big one with Alabama. All right, John, go dogs. Go dogs.